0: And welcome back to another episode of Citywide Blackout, bringing you the best creators from around the world and I'm your host Max Bowen. After hearing Into the Deep, the debut EP from Danny Tivalu, I knew that she'd be a great guest for the show and here we are. In this interview, we talk about her decision to go from primary school teacher to musician and how that change has gone. We also look at the music video for Double Shot, a song centered on a person who's hurt so badly they wind up hurting others. But this video is filmed in a school setting with a group of kids. A very unexpected frame for the story, and Danny shares what led her to go in this direction. And of course, the conversation wouldn't be complete without us talking about the cover art done by Tamara Armstrong. It is simply amazing, and we go into how the two met and worked together. singer songwriter Danny Tivalu joins me. Danny, welcome to the show. It is so cool to have you here.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Max. I'm stoked oh. to get to chat with you, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. And I want to dive right into the EP, Into the Deep, six songs released on September 2nd. I guess the thing I'm, I'm wondering most is just the stories in this album. You know, this sounds like it's a really, like, personal album, but what went into just, like, devising the songs?
1: Yeah, Um. so it is actually a really personal album, and it kind of outlines my journey over the last couple of years. So, um last couple of years for like a lot of people been quite transformative for me and a lot of changes. Um, and I've, I've gone from teaching full-time as a primary school teacher, uh, to pursuing my art, like, um, very, very a lot. Yeah. I've prioritized it first and foremost with most of my decisions in my life now. So, um, and yeah, each of those songs kind of outlines a few little things that have occurred in my life over the last two years that have made that and allowed that to happen.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I read about going from, from, uh, teaching to music. Uh, That's a heck of a jump there. It's going from going from the, like, uh, the stable, like education career to music, which is always a challenge, but, uh, what happened that made you like make the switch?
1: Well, honestly, um, I've only said, told this story a couple of times, but, um, in 2020, like most of us, we were all negotiating this new world of lockdowns and restrictions, constantly changing rules. Um, And in Australia at the time, probably like a lot of places in the world, rules were changing like within the day, sometimes within hours. And I had one of my best friends had had a baby at the start of um, the lockdowns and she's in another state in Australia, about three hours flight away. And I'd been really, really keen to go visit her. I was waiting for the right time window to go see her. And so I've always been like in my life quite obsessed with or I always like to do the right thing and um, follow, like, follow the rules, be a good citizen, all those kinds of things. And um, so I, I was waiting for the right time, jumped on a plane, flew down there to see her. And I had in my rush of everything, still working full time as a teacher, trying to pursue music, I had not read the rules properly about going into state, and it turns out when I flew in, they're like, "You're, you're not allowed to come in." You've, um, I've been to another state in Australia because my where I live just borders another one, and there were no real cases around there, but they were, had very strict rules, like you have to either quarantine for 14 days or turn around and go back, and it just really, really rattled me. Um, and then there was all these because no one really knew what was going on then all of a sudden I got told no you can't even just go back you're gonna have to quarantine for 14 days and it was quite um it was quite actually a traumatic experience at the time (laughs) and I was really really keen to see my friend that was a bit upsetting as well but um that kind of sparred a lot of things to change I I I uh, took some leave off work and after that I realised I'm like, actually, no, I want to follow, I want to pursue my art properly. Um, So I ended up resigning from my job, starting to teach casually and um, jumped into the studio and recorded a whole heap of songs that came out in 2021 and that kind of sparred the whole thing beginning. (laughs)
0: As you were kind of um, transitioning from education to music, did you ever think to yourself, like, what am I doing? What is this?
1: Oh, so many times. It was it was really scary because um, I had a, a permanent full-time job. Um, you know, you're thinking about security, like, how am I going to pay rent, food? Also, like, you know, recording a, an EP or an album costs a lot of money as well. Um, and there's this balance between wanting to do your art but also, like, being able to serve it properly after, like pay for publicity campaigns, music videos, all those kinds of things. So yeah, there was definitely a lot of scary moments. Um, however, I just kind of decided, like the David Bowie quote that the EP is based on, it's like embracing that discomfort and finding just enough discomfort to push you to change, but then also not to freak you out so much that you regress. So it was just constantly dancing within that yeah, dancing on a knife's edge, kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then, and then also to begin this really during COVID, when so many like music careers were either like closing out or just like hitting out the pause button. What was that like for you to release music at a time where you couldn't do things like you know do shows and do tours and things like that?
1: It was quite a bizarre time. I was very fortunate where I lived. We didn't have too many lockdowns, so. We have very low case numbers Um, in Australia. They really like I do um, border. I live near New South Wales, which is another state in Australia. And we had some very, very hard border restrictions, which stopped people from going into states trying to stop the spread. So life kind of opened up and continued a bit normally where I lived, which it was bizarre as well, because in other parts of Australia and the world that wasn't happening. Um, So it was very mixed emotions, but I don't know. I just kept coming back to like, this is something I really want to do. And I suppose during that like quarantine experience where I thought I was getting stuck in another state, I realized like, well, that's more important to me, like following my dreams than doing the right thing and having a secure job. So just finding that balance between the two. And I'm, I'm fortunate with like supply teaching or casual teaching, There was a lot of work there. So I had that kind of backup option to support me in my art.
0: Nice. So what was it like (laughs) when you released your first single?
1: That was terrifying. I was so scared. So that was the start of 2020. And I just like, I remember a couple of weeks before I was just like crying constantly out of fear because I'm like, I don't think I want to do this. I don't think it's good enough. Like all of these doubts were coming in because it was a new thing that I hadn't done before. Um, However, I'm really, really grateful for like feeling those feelings because I think at one stage I had to go through that because the first two singles kind of felt quite scary. But then after that I fell into the flow of it and it felt a lot more comfortable. And so even this year releasing, um, I was just so excited about it. I began to really enjoy it all So because I'd process those emotions. (laughs)
0: I'll bet. Yeah, I I can only imagine what it was like to release like your first song, especially where like where like music wasn't really this like lifelong career for you. You're very new to this, so it's all that. Oh, will they like it? Will the reviews come in well? Will people enjoy it? You are probably checking like the downloads. Okay, you know like how many streams today? How many streams the next day?
1: <laughs> yeah, and every also like. Often music's a very slow start. Like, you know, (laughs) the amount of work it takes to get your first, like, 100 streams or 1,000 streams is insane. But then, like, it also um, compounds. I find all the work and the effort. So kind of as you release more and more and engage more, it it does slowly become easier. If you're doing, like, there's so many variables. But also I think it was, like, allowing people to see me in a different light because for so long I'd been a teacher, and lived a different life, so it was interesting navigating a new kind of career path or world.
0: Exactly, and just uh, looking at the uh, at the other numbers, you have quite a following on Spotify, more uh, almost now six thousand monthly listeners. A very very strong start. What do you attribute to that?
1: I've been hustling really hard.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: So um, I was very so fortunate with my last single. I got some really great. Uh, Spotify playlist support. So, on some like really good uh, playlists there, and a couple of like, Double Shot receives that as well. And um, yeah, I've just been educating myself as much as possible around how to get playlisting support. Sometimes I'll message people with private playlists, so you submit hub. Um, I also recently started, I just like grouped everyone I know into different groups. And I've been messaging them one-on-one and be like, hey, like, like, so I thought I don't want, I never want to be, I never want to take my success for granted. And I also know you've got to hustle hard. So I'll just reach out and go, hey, like, how are you going? Like a personal message. I'm like, look, I don't know if you know I'm releasing music. If you could follow my profile, it would mean a lot. Um, just to like try cover all bases.
0: <laughs> I think that's actually how we met. I think I like followed your Instagram and you messaged me to tell me about the upcoming EP.
1: Yeah, I just, yeah, because I, I suppose, you know, life's so busy, and I'm always like, oh, I'm mindful of that. I'm like, if you, generally, I think if you touch base with people in a nice way, and you're like, hey, I'm doing this, people are really open to it, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and, a good you, connection. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and you really risk nothing but being told no, That that's it, you know, and if they tell you no, it's like, cool, fine, move on to the, uh, the next person. So I feel like you can't second guess yourself or have that doubt, like, what if they don't like it? Okay, well, then find someone who who does. There's lots of us out there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it it was nice. It's it's funny how like, yeah, you can have this doubt like, oh, should I be doing this? But like you said, it's like worst case scenario, someone will either be too busy or it's just not their thing, and they'll just ignore it or say, oh no, thanks. And you're like, oh, that's fine. So <laughs> <Baby>. yeah, <laughs> Yeah,
0: there you go. All right, um, I want to uh, dovetail back to Into the Deep because I definitely want to talk a little more about the music. Uh, you uh, you mentioned uh, double shot, one of the songs on that, one of my personal favorites actually, because the the story is so it's really, really deep. And, and if I'm getting this wrong, let me know. It sounds like it's about someone who is, in such like a deep place of hurt that they're sort of hurting other people to almost like feel better. I'm actually curious where that story came from.
1: Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite songs too. And like a lot of, it, it's really touched a lot of people, which means a lot to me. Um, yeah, and the, the song was written from a lot of hurt. Um, essentially, it's about someone who's supposed to be like loving and kind to you, but unfortunately is a hurt person themselves, has experienced a lot of trauma and hasn't dealt with that. So unfortunately their unresolved trauma results in saying hurtful things, using hurtful behaviors. And um, it. back in 2019, I was fortunate to do a yoga teacher training and I, I came across this lovely phrase during that and it was hurt people hurt people. And I really loved that phrase. I was like, oh, I understood. I was like, when someone's being like in this in this scenario, I was like, oh, that person's just a hurt person. They haven't done the work to heal themselves. So unfortunately, they're continuing with these bad habits with hurting people. And it's not the right thing, like acknowledging that it's not the right thing to do. They, they should probably do the work. However, they're kind of a victim of their own habits. So you can have a little bit more empathy and compassion for them, which ultimately is like healing for you.
0: That's really key. I think it's a a really important thing to touch on because you're right. Sometimes the people who are out there hurting you are hurting themselves because they've been through so much worse or are you hoping people kind of take a message from this or take kind of a moral from this?
1: Yeah, I suppose like it's, it's, you know, we, we negotiate like really interesting and difficult situations sometimes in life and, you know, sometimes life can be really hard. Um, however, like I'd love for people to take away the fact, like if someone's really horrible to you or says something mean, don't take it so personally. It's more to do with them than it is to do with you. So that they're, they're saying, like, no, truly happy person would want to bring you down. So if someone's being mean, it's because they're hurt themselves. But also to not reciprocate that behavior and mirror it back to them. To take a breath and be like, no. I'm going to honor myself and come from love and kindness instead of say mean things back or do hurtful things back. Like I'll be the bigger person and essentially like modeling where we'd like our world to be.
0: So since we're talking about this song, I want to ask about the music video for double shot because I checked that out too. (laughs) And that has to be the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Like you're you're, you're with this group of kids in what looks like a daycare center or a classroom. This is like the cutest video folks. Check it out. it's it's really amazing but why this frame for this song
1: yeah I really drew on um, my school teaching background for this because one thing I love about young children especially like primary school age children is like how easily they forgive and like they're just like so light with life and I suppose also to model the fact that our behaviors as adults children model them um so if we can be good role models for them but yeah it really it really came back to that childlike essence of forgiveness how I'd see like my students sometimes come to me after lunch and they're like so and so did this to me and dah, dah, dah. and they're so emotional and so charged and they're like but you did this and, and I'd be like okay guys like it sounds like everyone's made a bit of a mistake here like you did this that wasn't very nice and you did this back which wasn't very nice either how about we just both say sorry and then we can let it go and they'd be like because I'm like there's two ways of dealing this if you both apologize to each other then we can let it go or like we'll have to take it further and then no one's going to have much fun and they're like okay well we'll say sorry (laughs) they always opt for the sorry option (laughs) and they also apologize like so genuinely and then they just they run off and skip off into the playground you're like oh I wish adults could be like that.
2: (laughs) Adults
0: are so much more complicated. Kids are wonderful for a lot of reasons, but because they're just, they don't have that social complexities that we develop as we get older. In my job, um, I work in journalism and I often do stories about education. And I have to say, talking to elementary kids is so easy because they hold nothing back. They don't have any of the social doubts or what have you. Versus high school kids, it is like pulling teeth.
1: Yeah, it's it's so fascinating, like the difference between those, like, and I I think they're very two different contexts as well. Because I teach in a high school setting as well, and it's interesting. I think children go from being so nurtured and supported in a junior setting, and then they go into the big bad world of high school. It's like, no, kid, you look after yourself now. And they're like, they lose this innocence that's like beautiful, beautiful about children. Yeah, (laughs) but also I suppose they're also becoming more independent. Like, yeah.
0: It's a complicated world for them. It really is.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: do you have more uh, music videos in the works?
1: Yes, I do. I, I'm actually almost finished compl- uh, recording my debut album, so I'm I'm getting into the process now of planning for my music videos, which I absolutely love. I love like the fact that I have this like movie in my head that. I want to get out of my head and I can actually put it onto a screen and show people like, yeah, that's what I was like imagining. (laughs) So yeah, I've got some really, really clear visuals for a couple of the tracks, which is really exciting. So they'll probably start in the next few months. Um, But essentially from like, from the ideation stage, I'd write up a brief I'll find references to help my videographer And go from there and then it's like planning booking things organizing outfits props yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: i gotta say you have a really good vision for these videos because this is some very new stuff i have never like seen it before did you take any kind of like classes in this or did you kind of talk to people who like already work in the field to get a, a feel for what you wanted to do
1: i suppose a little bit i i often like for the all most of my music videos so far i've worked with the same videographer and he and I, like, get along really well and we'll usually sit down and have a brainstorm session and think about mo- mainly it's always based around emotion, like what do we want people to feel when they're watching the video. Um, and then I suppose I draw a lot of inspiration just from video clips and music videos I love. Like, I love a great music video. so. There's been a lot of inspiration drawn from that, but I haven't had any like formal training, but that's like an area I'd like to play with and play in more and more as my career grows.
0: How about uh, musically? Because you have a really, really wonderful voice.
1: Yeah. Like let's see what happens. Hey, like I'm very open to it. My singing teacher actually on the gold coast in Australia, he like runs musicals and stuff. And I was, I was thinking like, Oh, that could be a cool thing just to have a go at and experience because yeah, just I think life life has so much potential to like have these great experiences. And that's how I kind of focus my life on now. It's like like an experience base more than like having to work to save a certain amount of money or anything like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it really makes a difference when you follow your dreams and yeah, there's no there's no guarantee it's gonna work, but at least give it that shot. You can see because you can always say, Hey, I gave it a shot. If it, if it doesn't work, I still did it.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, cuz then then you know you did your best and that's why I always like am reminding myself of when I'm releasing music and like have I done my best for this because that's all that's all that matters to me in the end. I can't really control the amount of people who will listen to the song. Like I'll do my best to help it, but it's also out of my hands. <laughs> So, like, I'll message people and go, hey, do you want to follow my Spotify? But I can't really control what they do after that. So, yeah, you, I just always, like, come back to, like, do your best and what will be will be.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, being a, a solo act, you, of course, have to do everything. You have to do all your own, like, marketing and so forth. What would you say has been, like, the, the, uh, the toughest part and also the most, like, fun part for you?
1: That's a really good question. I'm also, like, uh, hugely optimistic, so I often find, like, positives in challenging parts, Um, but I probably – at times it's organising other – music. like, I have a band and I've been very fortunate to play a fair few band shows and opening for other artists, but sometimes I'm like – I say yes to the gig, I'm like, I don't have a band yet, so (laughs) – I'm scrambling and then, like, my drummer is playing with six other different acts. He's like, sorry, man, I'm booked. So I'm like, got to find a drummer. Um, so that's probably been the more challenging part. But at the same time, I remind myself it's, like, a good problem to have because I'm like, oh, I got a show. Like, uh, also we're we're working on bringing in backing tracks to, like, my live shows just to make it a little bit more cost-effective and easier to organise so hopefully it'll just be myself, a guitarist and a drummer, or potentially even just myself and a guitarist performing. So it just means I can probably travel and do shows interstate in Australia and maybe even beyond. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting starting out because you you kind of get these opportunities. They're not very, they're not paid very well either. <laughs> so generally shows cost me to like pay my bandmates, but it's such a great experience. So yeah.
0: Picture this. You finished your first book and nailed it. The plot, the characters, all the twists and turns. This one's a winner, and all you need is the right cover. If you've got my art skills, this is the part where panic usually sets in. Enter the cover villain. Hero to writers everywhere. Founded by noted author Remy Flagg, cover villain focuses on composite image covers for science fiction and fantasy writers. Give them the details, and they'll craft a cover using popular trends that everyone will want to see. But wait, you say, I've got ideas of my own. No problem, as Cover Villain loves a good collaboration. As they say, our goal is to put a little villain in every cover we make. Want to know more? Then head to CoverVillain.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. What was your first live show?
1: Like for this project? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I was very fortunate. I got um, a street festival um, on the Gold Coast. So like our local council closed down a main street and put on... It's really cool, actually. It supports like local businesses. They have food trucks and all these local live bands. And that was really, really awesome, actually. Um, yeah, that was super fun.
0: <laughs> Were you like really nervous uh, going into that?
1: Um, actually, not not too bad. I, I've Prior to this, I've been i have been performing a lot in like covers duos and a covers band so I had a fair bit of like gig experience in that regard and I've I'd gone through all the nervousness in that and like when I'm I actually get most nervous if I have to play guitar like I can play guitar and I use it um for composition and writing songs a lot but I often doubt myself a lot when I'm playing guitar because I'm still new to the, or it's just like, obviously stuff I need to work through as well. I'm still new to the instrument. I'm still a student of it, but singing, no worries. Like no, no, no problem with that. (laughs) Hmm.
0: I'm curious, is there like an aspect of singing or a certain, a certain like um, instrument that you like are really looking forward to learning? Because I imagine this has been just like a playground for you.
1: Yeah. Music's incredible um actually at the moment I'm starting to learn how to use uh learn how to use Ableton um so like sound recording software because that's I think that's going to be huge for my artistry and also just getting to know my voice even better um to be able to like work on my own demos and just experiment with vocal deliveries and takes and like learn more what I can do because at the moment um yeah we have a home studio at home my partner usually like prepares my demos for me before I go to studio. Um, and like, we, we ride a lot together. So but it'll be cool to like play in the digital music making space as well. Like where kind of the uh, limitation on an instrument doesn't matter because you can do it digitally.
0: There are so many different toys these days. There's so many different things you can do. Like, Oh, I want to try this thing and that uh, program and this thing and that thing.
1: I know it's, it's actually like, it's crazy it's like the sky is truly the limit like mm-hmm. you can and it, it's really awesome as well like, I like to tell people who love music and maybe think that they're a songwriter but can't play an instrument it's like you don't need to play an instrument like there's so much technology you could literally like record a song and write a song on an app like <laughs> so it's really cool
0: <laughs> oh yeah I mean well I mean like this show that we're doing uh, right here you know you're coming in through uh, through um, a cell phone i've got like a microphone an interface my laptop and that's it i don't need a full studio to do this kind of stuff
1: yeah and yeah it's 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 really awesome cuz it just means like more people can tell their story and put it out into the world <laughs> mm
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm hmm uh, one of the things that I really dug about this EP is that musically it's really, really diverse. Like you've got songs that are kind of like jazzy. You've got some songs that have a bit like Motown in it. Uh, you've got songs that are a little more like rock, like what goes into deciding what the sound is going to be?
1: Yeah. So the overarching inspiration, like sonically, for into the Deep, was definitely some more vintage tones. Like you mentioned, like we wanted to like tip our hat to Motown, um, that's inspired me hugely but then also I always honor the fact that my job as an artist and songwriter first and foremost is to like honor the song and sometimes the song wants certain sounds and it it like it asks for a certain vibe so yeah like I I like that they're quite diverse because every song sounds how it should in my opinion like Double Shot I love the sweetness and vulnerability that kind of like really it's like having a one-on-one conversation with the listener and and also like I I saw it as kind of like I'm having a one-on-one conversation with that person who hurt me and just telling them I know that you're doing this because you're a hurt person but like you can let it go and be okay and and then are we going to wake up is like rockier and grungier and kind of asking like outlining my frustrations and my anger in a way and also like going like are we going to wake up and do like do things to better the world. Like, so it's, it's good. I think it's important when each song asks a different thing and you honor that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I also suspect you probably have this, like, just this like pile of discarded sounds uh, that were like, okay, this is what, uh, this is what I thought double shot was going to sound like. Nope. Didn't sound like that in the end and so forth.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, um like most of them were written, like all of those songs were written just uh, on guitar and in it- initially and we built them from there. So yeah, it was interesting. Double Shot, we like always wanted it to be quite vulnerable and I I never wanted there to be too much in it to take away from the meaning of the song. Um, And then like, are we going to wake up? um, My partner loves Arctic Monkeys and he plays guitar on that track and it just like came in and as soon as he played this, like that opening riff, I was like, that is incredible. That's what the song wants. And it's amazing when you hear it and it's right, you just know.
0: <laughs> How do you know when you have the sound perfectly, when it's time to, you know, hit that studio and get this recorded?
1: I think that that can be challenging because sometimes it's like studio time is booked in. Uh, I was like, oh, you're like, you've been saving and you finally got the money to do the record. So you, you start that process. Um, So for Into the Deep, I had booked in time because i have been writing heaps and I kind of wrote down a list of the songs I was loving that I'd written the most, uh, that I'd written. And I was like, yes, I I really resonate with these. And we kind of went from there. Yeah. Well, that's actually, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. We, yeah, we spend a lot of time at home perfecting the song structure and lyrics first. So I, I, from my opinion, it's, it's way easier, especially in the initial phases when you're budgeting a lot to get into the studio. If the song structurally is sound and you've got like, yeah, you've got all your parts, you're happy with the lyrics, generally it's going to be a lot easier. Because And then we, we, we'll we work out like BPM and key first before going into the studio. So you can just go and add all the sounds, add a drum beat, add a bass, synth, all the little sparkles and sprinkles and build it from there.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: okay I want to talk about cover art because the cover art for Into the Deep is so beautiful like this look at that I thought I'm pretty sure I've seen this in uh in a museum somewhere it's that good who did this
1: (laughs) oh yeah Tamara Armstrong she's an artist a visual artist based in Australia on the Gold Coast and she is incredible I'm a huge fan of her work and um there's a nice story actually yeah, so she's based in Tambourine Mountain and I actually grew up around there. And I actually used to play touch football with her husband. I just didn't realise. <laughs> and I went to this art exhibition on the Gold Coast um, one day and she had recently p- painted a Women of Colour series and it was incredible. And she had this beautiful artwork called Mr. Zemi on display and I was just like in love. I fell in love straight away. It was such a stunning, and it is such a stunning piece. and. I'd wanted to buy it for so, so long, and I kept telling myself, I'm like, no, it's too expensive, all of these stories. And eventually the time kind of came and um, a lot of changes had happened in my life around that time, and I was like, you know what, I want the piece of art, buy the piece of art. <laughs> and so I, I bought, um, bought my first artwork off her, and when I had the vision, I always could see in my head what I wanted for the cover art for into the deep and I thought oh this is a great opportunity actually like I, I do paint and I I love painting but I'm at the last few years my focus has been on music I thought it, it's a great opportunity to work with another local artist so I reached out to Tamara and kind of told her my idea mocked up a drawing for her and she painted it for me so yeah
0: (laughs) just just absolutely brilliant design I just loved it it just seemed really in tune with the sound of the album
1: yeah and it like it embodies like that the David Bowie quote which it's based around like it's like when your feet can't touch the bottom of the ocean that's when you're being creative and and like yeah like the courage and the bravery that goes into like making big changes in your life and yeah, I was I'm really, really stoked. I got to work with her. Mm. yeah, thank you for asking about it. <laughs>
0: oh, of course, of course. All right. I also want to ask about Bowie because obviously a big influence for you. you mentioned a um, a couple of quotes that really inspired you to uh, to pursue this. but what about the man really kind of inspired you to go into this?
1: Well yeah, there's a few quotes I, I I love his creativity and his boldness. and also like my my partner is an absolute music nerd. And we'd always, we always just end up talking about like, you know, classic albums and musicians and songs. And, and essentially I'd been speaking to a publicist prior to recording and she mentioned, she's like, oh, so what's the EP about? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like my best song. <laughs> and um, she's like, well, you need a story and a theme. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, i never recorded an EP before. I didn't really realize that so I I was looking at all of my songs and and we'd been recently been talking about Bowie and I kind of noticed the recurring theme between all of them was courage and bravery and I'd come across that Bowie quote earlier and I really really loved it I love how like yeah to be to grow or to push yourself you just do need to be slightly out of your comfort zone and also as well he says he's got this other beautiful quote how like which I often remind myself of and it's easy like when you're an artist or a songwriter and you write a song and you think it's the greatest thing in the world like you're like this is the best song ever been written and (laughs) um but it's also important to like he has this beautiful saying it's like yeah, as artists we sometimes think our opinion matters more than the everyday person but it doesn't it's like you actually need to serve your art to connect with people and Focus on how you can actually connect with an audience. And like, I love that, like always be humble with your art. Remember, like this is kind of like a gift I've been blessed with. And my job is to serve it and also use it as a way to connect people. Because so that's what we all want. We want to feel connected to someone or something. And music is a beautiful connector of that, of people.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. So here we are now. You've got the debut EP out. You've got the music videos out. You've been playing shows. You're working on your debut album. Do you think you're at all the same person you were when you when you uh, began this journey?
1: Oh no way, no way. And it's really I was reflect. I'm I'm always grateful when I get to reflect on that because sometimes when things don't go your way and you're like you've been working really hard and you're like man nothing's happening but you like you get to stop and go actually like. Think about a year ago. Think about two years ago and how much things have changed. So um, it is really, it's, yeah, I'm definitely a different person. And I also don't think I'll, I won't be a, the same person that I am today in another year's time either. Like, I really embrace the fact that we, we always change and evolve. And it's kind of a part of life.
0: <laughs> Agreed. What can you tell us about the debut album? Because I'm really, really curious about this one.
1: Yeah, it's, um super exciting um so at the moment we have eight tracks recorded I'm hoping it to be 10 or 11 tracks um so and yeah it's amazing it's really really fun um I've been I suppose uh, upon reflecting like I was I'm like what do I I thought about all the songs that I loved the most especially growing up and how they made me feel and i you know, the classic 90s and noughties era There's just so many fun bopping, like pop tracks. And they've really kind of influenced that as well as um. I've been getting into Nancy Sinatra and the Beatles a lot. So like sonically, like there's still a ton of vintage sounds through the whole thing. um. But the music is very fun, which and feel good, which I love.
0: <laughs> Any vintage sounds that you're just dying to incorporate into the album?
1: Well, there's, um, I got to work with my friend Piranha again. Um, she plays the Sa'u on Sweet Summer Night. So it's like this like violin, it's Thai violin. And I wrote a song that's actually quite dark. And as soon as I wrote it, I was like, I have to get Piranha to play on that. Definitely. So it's funny when you just know. And then actually also, we got to work with a really awesome producer. He's now based in New, uh, New Zealand. So Stephen Tram, he's like He's worked with some really incredible Australian acts and he's currently working with um, Neil Finn of Crowded House and it was amazing. We got to go to Roundhead Studio in New Zealand and it is the most incredible studio and just like the creative energy in there was awesome and he's really about like playing as many real instruments as possible and just like just hitting the sound right, like it's not about overcomplicating it but just getting exactly what the song needs.
0: I cannot wait to hear this thing because I, I think one of the things that I love most about it is just like the kaleidoscope of sounds here. Do we have a, a, a really <laughs> state in mind?
1: It will definitely be early next year. I'm not too sure when yet. There's still a lot of like, uh, we haven't most of the albums mixed, but there's still a few more songs to record and I'm beginning to start to brainstorm for music videos and like, yeah, that's really fun, actually. I love that element. It's so playful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, probably early next year, but no concrete date yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I say never set a date for something unless you're like 110% sure it'll be done <laughs> because it's always something.
1: I know. I always like to have at least like a music video done. And then I'm like, yeah. Um, then I feel a lot more. I'm like, yep, like this, the music's mastered. There's a music video done. We're like, good to go. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Exactly. All right, Danny. well, thank you so much for joining me. I, I really appreciate this. And again, loving the EP, folks. Into the Deep, it's on Spotify. Follow the artist, follow her socials. I keep saying this, and I'll keep saying it because it's really important. Engagement <laughs> is crucial. This is how everything grows. Thanks again, Danny, and uh, definitely looking forward to the next conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Max. So stoked. Have a good one. <laughs> you too. Hey, this is singer, songwriter, and
2: mental health advocate, Stephanie Mathias. Be sure to check out my single hero side, available on all platforms now, and listen to Citywide Blackout, your home for the best indie artists.
0: And that'll bring this episode to a close. You can follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and check the show out wherever you find your favorite podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio close things out i've got two songs from danny's ep double shot followed by sweet summer nights that's all for now and i'll see you next time
2: But I know you only do the things you do because you're hurting And I know you only say the things you say because you suffer and you wanna find a way to drag out We were dreaming by those summer nights You can never wish for more Got enamored by the little things Like the way you claim my heart The moon she danced across a greener night sky Like she never had before Wrote a song just looking in your eyes And you left me wanting more but I'm in a full of us with your warm embrace, homed in the sand hills. I know there's nothing you can take. What now I'm in a full of us with your sour sweet light, hermitide as we dance